Welcome to Market Overdrive. I am your host, Carlamina, with Compass, and with me, like every week, my co-host, Joel Schwab and Tammy Starlet. And today is going to be an amazing day just because I'm still a sle- little sleepy from last night's Tony P event, which was a awesome <laughs> event at The Wit. And if you missed it, there's more to come. Um, on today's rundown, we have a full cast of amazing people. And we're going to be discussing the markets, if the markets are shifting, and when is the right time to buy, when is the right time, right time to sell. And we're going to have Danielle Dowell with Berkshire Hathaway and Lyle Harlow, who is actually managing broker over at Kale. And so lots of information today. So if you're in the trenches buying in this market or selling, this is the right show for you. So stay tuned. How are you there, Joel? We're back. It's so good to be here on a Thursday. We should maybe not do it right after a Tony P event. A lot of us have a little bit of a drag. <laughs> Right? <laughs> I know it. I They're love so it. good. They really put on a good event. <laughs> Tammy, you were at the event. How are you I feeling was today? I at the event. I also woke up a little sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we do. We're in the trenches and we're also networking, making sure we're supporting our colleagues. So, gentlemen and lady here, um, Joel, what are you seeing in the market? So, right after the 4th of July, we finally started to see people that were actually getting back out there. Right when we had the first week after the 4th of July, we started seeing a little bit of a downturn. I think summer finally hit. It took some time, but what we're seeing right now is that buyers are finally back out making these transactions, putting offers in, and it's because rates are low. Love it. Rates are low. What Can I quote rates or is that you illegal? We can talk about rates. Less We're talking in general. Yeah. So yeah. if we talk about what happened 60, uh, or if we talked about what happened about six months ago, we've seen these rates come down below 4%. So 30-year fixed rates around 375 and 15 years down at three and a quarter. It's still a really good time to get in there and uh, stop renting and start buying. I mean, it kills me how people just don't understand how significant this is. I mean, just to be able to acquire and borrow money with your best friend, your lender, who's going to let you borrow money. I'm sorry, but if you do you think you could go to your mom and be like, hey, mom, I want to borrow $200,000 or $300,000. They're going to be like, heck no, right? But here's a lender who's going to give you money so you can buy something. And two to three years, that property appreciates in value. And guess how much you have to give your lender? Just the amount that you borrow. Of course, your carrying costs. But if you're in a multi-unit pr- uh, situation where you actually getting residual income and it's paying itself it's a no-brainer and i just don't understand why people just don't get that concept joel we like it when there's two lenders in the room right the the whole idea here that a bank will say well here's the rate today it's down below four and we're going to let you have that for the next 30 years it just doesn't happen in a lot of countries see i said two to three years because i got those commitment issues but you went 30 years (laughs) i'm okay with that you're the merry men in the room that's right and we're going to hear from another beautiful young lady who is single and we're announcing it today so stay tuned that's my Tease for the show, and it's not Tammy. Tammy, what's going on? You're neck of the woods. I'm not. I'm not single. <laughs> um, I'm very married. She's in the 30 year amortization. That's right. 30 year amortization marriage track. Um, yeah. No advice from the trenches today. You know, yesterday I read an article that was um, just published. I mean, when I read it, I think they had published it an hour prior uh, by market or um, mortgage reports rather, and they were talking about the buyer perception right now um, surrounding like time time to buy and how people are saying at least the whisper on the street to each other is buy now because uh, prices are anticipated to go up by next spring. And really, you know, you guys know this in the mortgage and real estate business, you can't just show up one day and buy something tomorrow. Yeah. You got to you got to be able to plan for it. So, if you're going to take advantage of the the lower pricing, the time is now. 
I love it. Great advice. And uh, you know what? I have felt the little whisper in the winds. Like my 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 listings are staying put for a little bit longer on market. So it's kind of like a little weary. But I do love to hear that there is, you know, some excitement coming up next year because I'm in the middle of a flip. So if you see me stressed out and with my hair hot mess, it is because I'm in the trenches doing excavation. I learned new words like pinning. So I hope that there's value uh, next year because this is exactly what I'm hoping to bring this product back on the market. So stay tuned. You're going to be seeing my instant uh, messages or stories about how crazy it is in the trenches. So without further ado, Joel, why don't you go ahead and introduce your guest? Well, this is one of the reasons I'm so excited for our guest today is because in Chicago, it really is cyclical. You can buy something in a month that is completely different than six months from now. So today we have Danielle here. Danielle, how are you? I'm doing good. Good. How are you? Tell everybody where you're at, your company name, and a little bit, just a bio so people know who you are. If if people don't already. All the single ladies. All the single ladies. Single. Yeah. She said it was okay for me to announce it because she walked in the studio like, I'm single, y'all. Oh. I was like, how have you been? I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> so go ahead, girlfriend. Kill um, it. Tell us a little bit about you. So I'm with Berkshire Hathaway. Um, I have the Dow Group. So there's 10 agents. We do the city and the suburbs. Everything from rentals to buys and sells. We do a lot of um, new construction representation. I personally have a development company in Missouri as my brother. I do rehabs and flips here myself, along with just, you know, all the brokerage that we do. Love it. Power mm-hmm. to you. What's it like to flip properties and dwell into that world of construction and managing, being a general contractor at some point? So I think it's fun. For me, honestly, what I do is I hire um, a GC and a designer for all mine. So I literally buy, walk in, and then I don't usually walk in again until they're done just because I don't really have the time to, to manage them, which is good and bad. Sometimes you just have to find really responsible people that can help you. Um but I like it. I mean, I think it's something different. It's like a different revenue and stream of income that you can bring in. Um, even on our team, I've got like a woman on my team that wanted to connect and we were looking at uh, doing three or four in a, in a certain neighborhood of a product that we found that we thought was a really good cosmetic flip. And so, you know, on the team, they'll come in and we'll say like, if you guys want to put in money, cash, like we can do this together. Um, so it's kind of something that we offer there. But I like it. I like the construction aspect. Um I'm not a designer. I know what I like, but I can't really put it together. For me, I could sit online and look at like doorknob handles for five hours. I've actually done that before. And that's when I decided there's no way I have to hire a designer. I think they're worth every single amount that you pay for them. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. I like, to me, I'm more of a numbers person. So I like finding the deals. Like to me, it's like the hunt of finding it and knowing with the market, when you do that flip and where you come around at the end, what you're going to make on that hypothetically within reason to me finding the deals is more of my interest more than even like designing or doing the actual flip itself so true 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 i agree with all of that and i applaud you for it because it truly is the reason why you're here today which is to speak about the cyclical market and understanding that and of course when you're buying something as is right in its raw stage you have to know what is the lowest amount you'll pay for that product in the current market so today's fair market value Mm -hmm. and then you have to anticipate what would be the after repair value in the projected market based on statistical data so can you speak to us or, or just educate our listeners how are you able to identify so what market market are we in now? How, how do you identify it? And what is your point of advice for our, our listeners today? So in regards to, um, so the market right now, I think is still very good. Um, I think it's ebb, it ebbs and flows. So you can go through a week where you have no showings or very little. And the next week you put six properties under contract that have been on the market for two and a half months, right? 
I think you have to, as from a sell standpoint and sellers, you've got to be patient. And as an agent, you've got to relay to them the, and be communicative like, the entire time and explain to them that this process isn't probably going to happen overnight, but you'll still get the deal done. It's just taking a lot longer to do them, especially coming out of the spring. Um, and as far as from a development standpoint, or a rehab standpoint, for me, I typically, because we're so busy with brokerage, I tend to concentrate on that. I don't start looking for flips typically until about October. Um, and then from October, like last year, I put 28 offers out in December. Um, three of them I got accepted, so I bought three places. So um, I'm very just no nonsense. Here's my deal. I'm a flipper. There's no emotional attachment. Here's my offer. If you don't want to take it now, you can take it in two weeks. However, I have to tell you that if I put an offer on something else, it may not be there anymore. And I've had that happen a couple of times. Um, and I think in that downtime, usually these properties have been on the market too long. You have agents that maybe overpriced them, and now they're going to take a bigger loss than what they would have had they been priced correctly. That's why it's important to always have a very good agent um, when you're actually hiring. But uh, that's kind of like where I think the market is right now in just kind of two different spaces, but how I see it. So I just want to point out two things that you mentioned. So right in, when it comes to negotiating, you mentioned October. So would you say mm-hmm. fourth quarter is actually the best time to buy in order to get a deal? And yeah, I think so. Just, is, I'm sorry. And is that just for investors or co- like market buyers as well? So it's for everyone. So investors, I think, I mean, there's stuff that you can find. You have to really know the market very well and where you're at. And you have to know what product is going to sell. So, you know, in the suburbs, like if I'm looking for flips out there, I need good, good school district and I need something under 750 after I flip it. Like before, like if anything else, it's just a mess. It has to be a small lot. Like there's just certain characteristics for every single thing, whether it's a condo in the city or whatever the case may be. Um, but I do think that, you know, right now, if you're like for us, we have a list of buyers that we're going to start talking to in October. So most of these people have they're able to buy this winter. We can do some rehab work if we want. And then we sell their place next spring. If you don't have the capabilities of doing that, then obviously it's not an option. But I have probably I think we've got six or seven buyers that are lined up to do that. Um, so we do it not only as a rehab for rehabs, but also just for our buyers, too. We kind of line it up then. I think in the winter, what you're looking at is if you're a person that wants to to move into something move in ready and your location you just want to be done with it like probably not the time for you to buy because a lot of the stuff sitting on the market there's not as much to choose from um but if you are willing to do some upgrading and you want to get a good deal i think the winter is good because not a lot of people want to move in the middle of winter especially when you get to the holidays you know everyone's doing thanksgiving they're doing christmas like you know they're not really thinking about buying a house yeah, completely agree. And I love that you touch on that because going back to last week's show, where we talk about take the emotion out of the transaction. You talked about it right now where you're saying fourth quarter is the best time to acquire. And then also you don't get emotional. You don't get tied up to this product. You're saying this is my offer. Take it or leave it. If not, we're going to move forward with something else or call me if I'm still on the market. Yeah. Um, so I love that you say that because we talk about this all the time and it's hard to take away the and that's why I said it was this only for investors versus um, market buyers, because I know market buyers are very emotional because they're tied to something else. Right. They're tied to the timeline of their children's schedule or they're tied to the, the works, um, you know, timeline as well. So when it comes to investing and being and flipping properties, it's a little bit more like about the numbers after repair versus acquisition minus the um, repair cost. And that's your net proceeds. So I think that people can look at it that way more of like, you know, an economic standpoint. But when it comes to residential, I mean, Joel, you have to deal with the buyers and their pre-approval. So 
What are you hear? Where are you hearing as far as the markets? Well, I know I'm going to get blasted for saying this, Danielle, but <laughs> yeah. summer is just here, right? We just hit summer, but yeah. before you know it, it's going to be fall. Okay. Yeah. So if I'm listening to the show here today and maybe I'm in the city and I want to buy a condo and I literally have missed out. It's been several months and I went in when it was really hot and you put in full price offers and lost. We've seen this, right? Yeah. What are the opportunities that are going to come up before too long that a buyer can go out and buy something that was less than the spring market. Explain that. So, I mean, every year is different. So you can't actually say, like, as of October, it's going to be that Mm -hmm. way. The one thing that I loved about last year is that interest rates went up. Because when interest rates went up, everybody sat on the fence. And so as a rehabber and investor, it was a perfect, like, storm to pick up stuff. And people were like, no way, you're crazy. Like, the spring market's going to be horrible. And I just didn't see it that way. But, you know, every everybody sees things differently. So this year, it could be a little bit different. We may not. I mean, last year was really slow um, during the fall and even during the um, winter. I mean, I know we had I had a ton of new construction properties that we sold tons in the summer. And literally, as soon as August hit, we did not sell another one until the fall, until the spring. It was crazy how dead it was. And we were still busy. You're still making money. But it was not like it had been the previous five or six years. And I think that it could be a little bit better this year. I think it may not be as much from an investor standpoint, as much opportunity this fall because interest rates have stayed down. So it's like you have to know a lot about the market and how things correlate in order to build the perfect storm. And then you have to, obviously, everything is is, is risky. I love that you say that. And you've actually experienced it. You've done it. So a lot of people will talk, but not actually be able to walk the walk. You actually went out and you said you've done 28 offers last year and you really took the emotion out. You said, this would be the price that I'd be willing to go in at. Yeah. Call me if you're interested. We can make this happen. Yeah. I mean, I think as an investor too, I want to be nice to the other party because it is an emotional attachment for them. Um, and you don't ever want to be disrespectful of their property. So that's why I'm very upfront at first. And then I also like, you know, I buy all cash. I don't, I just, I give them the easiest offer. It's as is like, I try to make it as easy as possible on them. So what do you um, constitute a great cash offer? How would you structure that deal? As far as going into, to, yeah, so what I do, so even though if I get a mortgage on the properties, it still doesn't matter. I, with the bank, I can waive the mortgage contingency. So I waive it for them. Um, I do an as is deal. I do a quick close, or if they want a longer close, I do as long as it works within my time frame. Because my thought process is I know exactly how long within reason it's going to take for me to go in to take, technically flip the property. And I need to have it at a certain time in spring because my numbers are all based on the spring market. So if that property ends up getting flipped way later or my contractors can't do it or these people drag their feet in closing, then I could be, I mean, I could lose money or I could make a lot less. So I have to, everything's all about the timing. So um, I try to make it as best for them, but also for me too. But I think when I'm putting together an offer, I'm asking them, like, what does the seller want? Like, what's most important to them? Because I know I'm not going to give them the price that they most likely want, but let me try to make everything else as comfortable as possible for them. So you make the terms attractive so that the money, it's yeah. kind of like the second thought. <laughs> I try to as much. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure when they're looking at it going, this is not what I want, but, you know. This is my estate sale. This is yeah, all yeah, I have. You're exactly. <laughs> for sure. Um, so, and, you know, like last year, we found some pockets in different areas that had multiple opportunities in these certain neighborhoods and different, like, townhomes. What areas? Uh, so we had one in Highland Park, which is random because I think everyone's like all North Shore is just getting hammered, and it's but it is it's like the higher end stuff is. Um, but if you're still in a good school district and you know like the pockets up there, a lot of stuff is changing too. So we found like a really good um, area of homes that 
basically the you know the owners they had been built in the last like 25 years and it was like kind of a lot of people had been living there for 25 years and now it was getting turned over so you know the homes hadn't really been touched so you were just able to go in the floor plans were amazing you didn't have to touch anything structurally and you were just doing cosmetic rehabs and then families were coming in because of the school district being so good so like you know districts and they still have family that lives there so they want to come back to the neighborhoods that they're comfortable with yeah and a lot of people too in the city you know if you can get a 22 or 2400 square foot three bedroom house out there, townhome, whatever the case may be, when you have kids in the city, I mean, you're just going that way because the price is just, you know, the prices in the city are just way too high right now for a lot of people to afford and to be in maybe a school district that they want to be in. Love it. Finally, um, Joel, so what would you say? I know that you and Danielle do a ton of like new construction. So how do you get a new construction product ready for financing um, so that uh, because it's, it's a different process, right? So how do you get it with the because the tax the tax bill is not out yet and there's a lot of difference. So just so because people are used to dealing with you know existing construction versus new construction, I guess the question is, um, how would you prepare a loan for that kind of product? I partner with these real estate agents to make sure that when they put a property on the market that they can sell the very first condo. Very often when you actually have a building, the banks will say that's great. I'm so excited to do a loan. Call me when half of the building has been sold. Okay, and so what the banks want to do is they want to make sure that when they lend in that building that there's actually going to be a certain number of units pre-sold. So we work in advance to make sure that we can close the very first deal in the transaction. And that makes for a much easier process when you're listing a place that you don't have to have like the mass closings that we used to have where you have to have all of these units under contract first. So that's one of the things that we can do to make sure that a buyer can go in and close on a transaction early. Love it. And if always, you're always giving everybody incentives. So I know it's easy for you to transact and make people um, make sure that they love their new home because you gave them a discount. We do a, and this is how I pull on him so I can get a, how, how we're getting discounts here. Uh, in the last year, I gave $271,000 of my commissions back. And it was just one of these things that we can't control interest rates, but I can control how much I make on a transaction. So we're doing closing cost credits to help buyers get in. And it's uh, just something that will differentiate yourself from the pack. And it simplifies the process too, because everyone's always looking for that additional help, right? To make something work. Sometimes if the numbers um, that you're presenting to your seller, the terms are better than the actual price, um, you can go in there and make, you know, reduce your cost of doing business if you're getting a credit through your lender. So thank you for doing that. So beautiful. Where can people get a hold of you if they want to work with you? Obviously, do not call her because she's not, in fact, single for everybody. (laughs) I'm so embarrassed, by the way. Like, literally, I was, I'm usually not at a loss of words. I was at a loss of words for a second. I love it. Joel, this is her doing her hair. Like, okay, everybody. I I mean, this Gucci wave is looking good here. Like, you know, there's there's a camera in front of me that I can see myself. If if the viewers can't tell, it's like, (laughs) Um, so you can call me. So uh, the Dow Group RE is our website. Um, my cell, I guess I'll get my cell. Why not? Every, mm-hmm. You can find it online over 312 391 Um, and then ddow at um, is my email address. But, um, the Dow group, we have Instagram page, Facebook page. We have a lot of fun on them. You know, I feel like our group is really fun. We're kind of like, you know, um, business in front party in the back. So if you want to check out that, feel free. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah. That's it. Lovely pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Of course. It's always lovely. Come back. Hang out with us again. Yeah, this is really cool. (laughs) We're going to have to go to some of those Tony P events uh, together and and kick it. (laughs) Let me know anytime. I'm in. (laughs) It's always a fun time. See, Joel, I love it. It gets really exciting for me to talk about these markets because, as you know... (laughs) 
people get really worried about if you're listing right now and it's towards the end of the year and are you going to be able to sell or do we have to wait for the spring market and despite the fact that we just recently started experiencing actual heat as far as weather the market has been really hot don't you agree yeah i was really glad that she was actually able to touch on some points that uh, the viewers and listeners could actually take uh Take something home and learn how you could actually go into the market coming up in the fall that not every single year is exactly the same and that you want to partner with an agent that actually knows what they're doing. She really knocked it out of the park. Love it. She's great. I love her energy. Um, so now let's move on to Miss Tammy. I mean, we have here right time to buy and sell. So continuing on the conversation about selling in the cyclical market, um, want to go ahead and introduce your guest? I do. Yeah. I mean, it actually goes hand in hand with, with what Danielle was talking about with the cyclical market. Um, and my guest, we found out, is a friend of Danielle's as well, <laughs> Lyle Harlow of Hi. Realty. I can't believe you guys were all at Tony P last night because I've gotten into some ridiculous trouble at Tony P. Oh, <laughs> no. See, you just wanted to up her game. You're like, well, she came in there talking about being single. I'm going to go in there and talk about my crazy nights at Tony P's. Oh, my goodness. Dude, no, I'm yeah, not going to talk anymore about the crazy nights at Tony P's. That wouldn't be a good idea. Listen, we were out there networking, and a lot of us brought... We had the uh, Market Overdrive cam there, so a lot of people got, got to do their gifts. Is it called GIFs? GIFs or GIFs? I think you can say it either way. Okay, thank you. So <laughs> it was quite a night, uh, but tell us a little bit more about you and your brokerage. I mean, you're a managing broker. I am. I am. I'm the managing broker for KO Real which is a really, really big um, indie brokerage in Chicago. And um, I'm also still a real estate consultant. I've been in the business for 16 years. Um, I just kind of stumbled into it randomly when I was unemployed one time, and it was a really good fit for me. So I just stayed. I really love what <laughs> I do every Usually day. Usually, what so. happens? You're unemployed, and you're like, hmm, let me do real estate. Yeah, <laughs> so people, I become a managing broker. Yeah, people have asked me, how did you get into real estate? And I was like, well, nobody really intends to be a real estate agent. It's just something <laughs> that happens I, to you. I don't agree with that. But before we get into that, you said something like indie uh, brokerage, and it's so funny because when I was a rookie broker, I remember sitting at the YPN. Um, we were doing Young Professional Network, and somebody said, I, I, Greg. McCarthy actually said, hey, I'm an indie. And I was like, is he from Indianapolis, Indiana? What does that mean? What is indie brokerage? Oh, and it, it would just means that we're uh, we're independent. We're not affiliated with a franchise or a national name. We're just a local brand. And so my company, Kale, has been around in Chicago for years and years and years. And um, it's it's a great place to be. It's full of really wonderful people. We have about 635 brokers. And um, so my days are many and varied when it comes to the types of things that I have to deal with every day. It's a lot of fun. For sure, the support. I, I was just a broker for for a long time at the same company that Danielle um, works at. And I decided to move into managing brokerage a couple of years ago, mainly because I love helping people. I love teaching classes to my brokers and I love um, helping them sort of up their game and make their career take off. That's awesome. I mean, when it comes to this market, right, and where we are, um, we're in July and we're already talking about like fourth quarter, um, just because we're already, everything's 30 days out, right? Or 45 days out as far as financing and when things are going to go close and go under contract. So what are you seeing in the trenches? Um, I'm seeing things being a little erratic. You'll have one place that comes on the market that is just goes in two seconds and you'll see another place that you in, inexplicably can't figure out why it's still sitting there for three months. I will say that the things that you're seeing go faster are the things that are to the nines and completely turnkey. Uh, it's a harder sell for things that need to be renovated. Um, your generation um, Y and Z buyer who are making up the bulk of our 
like uh, mid-price market now uh, have been watching HTV for their their entire career or their entire lives, and they just expect things to look like a certain way. Uh, they probably grew up in a really nice house in the suburbs somewhere, and they also may have been living in an apartment downtown for the last three years that they were the first occupant of because they it was a brand new construction apartment. So their tolerance for something that needs a little work or a lot of work is a little bit lower than it might have been, say, 15 years ago. So you're still seeing people that want instant gratification? I definitely am. I definitely am. Um, and I'll have clients who don't really know whether they want to buy something that needs a little work or they want to just go the route of maybe a townhome that's perfect. And they kind of sort of gradually edge over into that perfect townhome as they have been looking. And so um, you also have uh, very specific properties that are you just have to wait to find a buyer for. I had an enormous bungalow in the Villa Historic District earlier this year. And when people would say to me, how many bedrooms does it have? I would say, well, how many do you need? Because mm-hmm. it had it was so big. And um, finally, the right couple walked in. It was a couple that had both had huge families and they fell in love at first sight. I managed to get I forgot to I forgot to confirmed their appointment. I got there to meet them and realized that I hadn't. My phone was on 1% and I confirmed it at the last second before my phone died and their real estate agent brought them. They had already made the choice to buy another house, but they came and saw my listing and they fell in love with it and bought it. So talk about like, you know, meant to be. It was was meant to be. It was Mm -hmm. definitely Mm -hmm. meant to be. And we always say that, right? There could be many buyers, but you only have one buyer for each house. So who cares that you have a huge open house? You always want that one buyer that's going to buy it for the right terms. And I always tell people if it doesn't work out, it's because there's a better place out there for you. I've it's always the case. If something doesn't work, it's because there's a better place out there. Yeah, Completely I love agree. It. Tammy, he mentioned something about client our uh, buyers are still looking for that instant gratification. How do you work through that specifically for financing if someone has a creative budget? Well yeah, I mean first of all, in my world everything starts with the budget. And and that is why I know as agents, you guys love it when we have that pre-approval letter ready because it doesn't waste your time looking outside of those parameters. You're able to focus and be more efficient with the work that you're doing and providing for your client. Um, so in, in my world, it starts with the numbers and then we, we go to what those numbers can get you, right? And, and that works in conjunction with you guys too. And I just tell my buyers up front, like you, you have all of your options all the time. So mm-hmm. I'll tell you where that, what the dimensions of those are, where they stretch from here to there. And then in the end, you get comfortable with whatever decision you want to make and, and make it. So. It's all about that. And I know that during the summer, we were calling to get the monthly payment because a lot of our buyers buy around that monthly payment. So we want to know, A, is that property still on the market? B, has the uh, lender approved the monthly payment? And C, uh, you know, when we go and see it over the weekend, is it still going to be available? Or the, do, do they have already like a verbal offer or they're in negotiation? So are you seeing that now or is it slow, starting to slow down? Um, I think it's actually... It's pretty steady right now. Um, wh- what I'm seeing, I um, am seeing just both with my my cl- uh, my agents' listings and the, the the listings that I have myself that it's pretty steady traffic. But it's not it's not 
fast. Um, you know, you might get a couple of showings a week or something like that. Whereas maybe, uh, you know, right after, right at the beginning of the month or right before the 4th of July, you really weren't seeing any traffic at all. And you were wondering. Yeah, everybody you know, was boating. They were. <laughs> they were. I, did you see videos of Joel on the, on the lake, like, you know, living his best life? I'm like so jealous. <laughs> or either on the lake or he's, uh, you know, at a Cubs game. So That's jealous. your cue to invite, Joel. <laughs> We're gonna have, we'll have Market Overdrive Day on the water coming at you live sometime this oh, week. There we go. No, I'm sorry, Lyle. Okay. No, that's okay. That's I, okay. I have a question, okay. um, Lyle. You heard me mention the, the Mortgage Reports article that came out yesterday um, about the word on the street, buy now, uh, prices might go up in the spring. Um, what do you think about that, especially uh, where it concerns inventory and the various types of inventory on the market? Well, it depends on the property type. I think that um, I'm sort of referring to what Danielle was talking about. It is going to be a really, really good time to buy this fall. Um, the tricky thing is when is the right time to buy and to sell, depending on what property type you have. Um, it's pretty, it can be a little bit more complicated than you think, because um, as we see Generation Y and Z tending toward wanting to stay in the city as opposed to moving to the suburbs, tending to, if they're going to have a family, want to raise their family in the city, then the time to sell if you're in a good elementary school drawing area is going to be maybe at like late spring, early summer, so people can get their new place, know that they've got their elementary school locked down, and get in and enjoy their summer in their new place. So that that's, you know, one of those things that's, that's very con- contingent upon. Mm-hmm. And then if you have a place that maybe uh, empty nesters from the suburbs would particularly target then maybe you want to put that on the market, say, later in the summer, because then they've gotten graduations out of the way. They've had time to, like, have a yard sale, and it's time to get that house sold and get in so that they can, you know, get their new life started for the fall and the winter, for fall and winter in, in the city. Yeah, so. that makes perfect sense. Well, and you have tons of experience, um, like Carla mentioned earlier, 16 years, I think, Um and and we have mutual friends in the industry too. I know we do. a lot of this is built on high trust, right? You it build, is. A, build the trust with the clientele, um, show them the ropes. What kind of advice would you have for first time home buyers? I will give some advice that maybe not every real estate agent would give, but I say get out there on Zillow and start looking at everything that you can find. Um, what? I know. I know, right? <laughs> what are you no, saying? I, I, Zillow is here to stay and Zillow is our friend. And I'm not trying to shill for Zillow. Not at all. <laughs> but you, you, need to, you need to get out there and do your research. I would be naive if I didn't think that my first-time home buyers were obsessively, compulsively staying up way past their bedtime, looking <laughs> at properties online That's and true. stalking every new thing that comes on and because they're always sending it to me. And working with buyers now is so different than it was eight, like 16 years ago when I first started, when nobody had access to anything except real estate agents. Every Thursday, we would spend the whole day oh, looking Lord. on the MLS and <laughs> p- pulling off listing sheets. Do you remember those days? And then we would, no, you don't. And then we would, and then we would have to make all the appointments and the buyers never had any access to anything that was on, on the market. Whereas now all the information's out there. So they're always looking. And so, you know, you've got to work with them to, to help them understand the data that they're reading. But I really do encourage them to get out there and start looking. I encourage them to go to open houses Mm -hmm. and, and, and dip their toe in that way. 
for myself, most of my business comes from referrals from past clients or it, uh, or they are past clients. So I don't really worry so much about them running off on on me the way that, you know, or cheating on me, as we like to say in the industry. <laughs> That's, that doesn't really bother me so much. I want them to get their data and make sure that when we get to the point that, they're re- that they make a decision, they feel like they have the market knowledge. Not only the market knowledge that I've been able to give them through our conversations, our interactions, and my referrals to, you know, great lenders and uh, people like that, but also that they've been able to see a broad enough spectrum of what's going on the market online and in every arena possible. Yeah, I love that. I, I, you know, I wanted you to give advice for first-time home buyers that they should reach out to their lender and get approval. <laughs> but um, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm glad that you said that about Zillow because I think it is a touchy subject. And I hear from realtors all the time. You know, I don't want my buyers looking on Zillow. They get, and it does. It's sometimes it's misinformation. Let's be honest. Um, but it is a good place to start sometimes. And if we're very um, honest with ourselves and everyone else they're going to be on it anyway. So I like I like your approach. I He's think an open great. lover. What can I say? I'm more of a selfish lover. It's like me, me, me only. <laughs> what have, uh, what but, have you heard about my Tony P's experiences? <laughs> exactly. Going back to that, Lyle. This is my kind of show. This is why you're on Market Overdrive. And hopefully the reason you're listening to this show or watching us now live is because you're getting information from people who are actually transacting, right? We're in the trenches. And I know Tammy said, trenches, that sounds kind of horrific. No one's, you know, battling... But we really are. So everybody's going to have a different point of view on how to transact. But that's why it's important because we're not saying, hey, when is the right time to buy? And then that every day or every time or all the time is the right time to buy, right? You get like the real raw information. So take it or leave it. You're going to gain something from the show. And hopefully you're applying it. You're investing. Danielle earlier said, if you're an investor, take the emotion out of transaction and buy in October. You're hearing from Lyle who's saying, yes, but, right, there's going to be less inventory. And of course, you got to be strategic because housing inventory goes along with the school year or the school market or the school timing, right? So you're getting a lot of information from different perspectives. And I know that a lot of people love to hear more about the financing of it because everybody gets so overwhelmed about financing. And their first step is like, where do I come up with this money? Where do I find this money? So, Joel, what would you say to someone that's starting their process for buying, like legit? Like, where do we start? You speak with somebody like myself or Tammy that literally knows the market that can actually guide you the same way that she talks about just coming from a point of education and talking about what the payments truly are. That's something that surprises me when I hear somebody that doesn't even know where to begin. And if you can actually educate them and get them into the steps that, hey, I can actually find something that's in this range for my payment and go find a property that fits this, it really puts them at ease. And then it makes Lyle's job a lot easier. He can go out and find properties that fit for him, fit for the buyer, and they don't have to wonder, oh my gosh, if they accept my offer, am I excited with this? So we got to make sure that you're out there teaching and educating the people that are getting ready to move from maybe renting to buying. Love it. That's a good thing because I know that right now, like the rates are so low, like ridiculous. So low. And it's like, so it's really, how low can they go? They're such nerds. No. But really, seriously, I like I just don't understand why people don't do this. And I'm selling a one bedroom, and I'm gonna have to say this. There's a girl who's been in the unit for six years, and she's paying below market rents because my clients have paid it in full. But she qualified. She has an amazing credit score, and. The, the mortgage payment would be like less than and she doesn't have to move out and she's been there for six years. Here comes the, sell, the owner saying, I don't want any more. You're moving out and your lifestyle completely changes and it's according to someone else's plan, not your own. I mean, I'm a control freak so I can't imagine myself in that predicament but it's like, 
I said, hey, why aren't you buying? You can create equity. And she said to me, yeah, no, I'm comfortable like this. And, you know, it's not for everyone. So, again, you know, go on and watch and scroll down your screen and watch something else. This is not the right show for you. But Oh, shots <laughs> fired. <laughs> just if you don't like what you're hearing, just tune out. No, right? because what I'm saying, if, if you're not thinking this way, you don't want to invest mm-hmm. because you're like, oh, whatever, who cares about real estate? It's overwhelming. I get it. I do oh, this yeah. all the time. Trust me, I get discouraged all the time, too, when it comes to investing and in now in this new new role as um, flipping property. But before we go, Tammy, I want to ask you, like, what's the difference between buying a house or a condo versus buying a multi-unit when it comes to buying oh on that monthly payment versus that big picture, p- big number? Let me tell you, girl, I, I have I've probably had 250 conversations about this in the last um month. Every Uber driver, every person I'm in an elevator with, because it comes up somehow. And I don't like people ask what I do. I don't like saying I do mortgage because that's boring to any. Nobody cares. Um, lots of people do mortgage. I I like to tell people what I'm excited about in mortgage. And one of the things I'm most excited about uh, in mortgage right now is the uh, accessibility of people to get in multi-units. Um, so Joel will know this too. There is a lovely little Freddie Mac program that allows you to get in on the conventional side. FHA will do it on that side as well. <clears throat> You're looking at a window of three and a half, five percent to put down for up to four units. And when your income qualifying on these properties, and I'm going to talk on the conventional side, caveat for the FHA, but if you, you really are only income qualifying off of one unit, essentially. The other units are, uh, qualifying themselves off of market rents. And so this is like mind blowing to people. Slow they, down a little bit. Cause okay. that's where it gets really confusing for yeah. like the consumers who've never done this before. So you're basically saying if I make say $60,000 a year, my income alone would qualify me to buy this property. So if we're looking at a hundred thousand dollar acquisition or a two hundred thousand dollar, not acquisition, but purchase price, right? And then I can go up, I say a hundred thousand in, in purchase price based on how much income that building is actually producing? Yes and no. So it's not it's not so easy that I can just like spout out a calculation and somebody's gonna grab a pencil and then be able to do it. They and still say, hey, they Tammy, still need you to call me, me this. I can buy a four unit for a million. <laughs> no, yeah. There's there's it, the algorithms are, you know, number crunching is it, the layers are huge. Um, and that's why sometimes, you know, we'll be working with a buyer on uh, a multi-unit property and they'll see four or five different properties from 600000 to 800000 They qualify for the $800,000 one and not the $600,000 one because dynamics of the property, you know, taxes, the way that the rents are cash flowing in that, um, that area, those are, that's all taken into account. Um, so, but yes, the point is if you can afford a condo, you can probably afford a multi-unit. Which multi-unit? We'll need to figure that out. Um, but then as 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 uh, all the prices continue to go up everywhere and inflation and all of those things, now you have those units that are being rented for more. Your cash flow only increases over time. The value of the building increases rather than that just being the value of a condo that you can only rent to one person. Love it. And remember, at the end of how, uh, the length of ownership, you get to sell this property and you sell it, you make some money and you pay your lender, best friend, just the amount borrowed, right? And in the case of a multi-unit, you're making income, so it's paying itself. So it's utilitarian because you get to live in it and you're making money. So you're like the CEO of this company. And then you're also, you know, leveraging the lender's money. So it doesn't have to all come out of your pocket. Lyle, what is your take on multi-unit investing? I think they're the hottest thing out there right now. Um, if you have one that's in really, really good shape, um, especially 
especially, I mean, the really, really hot areas for those right now would be, um, I would say, Edgewater, Magnolia Glen, places oh, wow. like that. Um, people are gobbling those up, especially if a lot of them are on really wide lots. Um, they're accessible to the red line train. So it's easy to get downtown and they're really, I mean, I think that, that the two and three flats are really sort of our signature traditional housing style for Chicago where people built those and then they lived on the first or second floor and then the, the lower floor just paid the mortgage for them. And it's a very, and, and I see, I have a, a friend who was, is a colleague of Danielle's at her company who has been doing that for years. He's a real estate broker as well. And, you know, they have a three flat. They live in a big apartment on the first floor and then they have two income producing units on the front. And it's also good for just in general, it, it helps you to be able to be able to put more money away for your retirement because you're not necessarily paying your whole mortgage or any of your mortgage. Um, it's great for a rainy day if you happen to be, you know, between jobs or something like that. You don't have to worry about losing your house. Your house is paying you. So it's there's so many advantages to having a, a two to four flat. Um, you could just go on and on all day. Oh, and there, there's so many wonderful ones out there, whether you want one that, you know, is from the 1950s and it has a mid-century modern look all the way want to ones that were built at the turn of the century that have beautiful woodwork and, and things like that. There's, there's pretty much something for everybody. Yeah. I tell clients all the time, I said, look, if you're going to go to the bank right now and tell them that you're going to invest three to 5% and you want them to give you the entire rest of the $600,000, um, and, and see if they'll do that on a business idea and then expect it to generate cash flow day one, like, good luck. That There isn't another place to find that deal. Uh, multi-units in real estate is the place to find that deal. See, I love it you say that too, uh, Tammy. And also you mentioned that, you know, like if the price goes down or goes up, remember, and I say this all the time, so it's so cliche at this point, real estate is an appreciating asset. So if we are predicting an adjustment in value, who cares, right? Because as long as that, those rents are being covered uh, or that mortgage is being covered by the yield, the rental yield, it doesn't matter. You can sustain the ups and downs of the market. Eventually it will go up and that's when you either cash out and refi, which a lot of people don't like, or you could just liquidate the asset and go ahead and retire. Go ahead and send your children to college or use it for whatever purpose or duplicate the formula. And now you create an investment portfolio. Have you seen uh, clients that have been successful at doing that, Lyle? Yeah, I actually, I, I definitely have. They'll like, buy. Yeah, you should see my portfolio. Uh, I, nah, nah, nah. That's, that's just Joel. <laughs> okay, Joel's yeah. like. <laughs> but no, I mean, you. it's it's a great way. You, you get in, um, you get something that you wouldn't be able to necessarily afford the size of, of, of real estate. And then, you know, maybe you find your dream bungalow in Ravenswood Manor and then you go over and buy that, but you still keep your two or three flat that you had before because that is paying for itself or even making you money every month. I think he's giving you some uh, inside scoops of some hot areas in Chicago. I heard that there's a lot of discretionary income in those areas, so there's a lot of money flowing into the restaurant scene. So there may yeah. be a lot of hap- a lot of stuff happening in the residential er- scene. So what are you saying, Andersonville, Edgewater? These are the hot areas. Andersonville, Edgewater, Magnolia Glen, but also Ravenswood Gardens and Ravenswood Manor are hot. Um, pri- especially over, they have a lot of good elementary schools too. So that is another thing that people really? are looking at. Yeah, cool. Uh, well, they, well, there's Pierce. Okay. In uh, there's Pearson in Edgewater, and okay. then uh, Waters in um, 
in Lincoln Square and Ravenswood Manor is very well regarded. Okay, so. great. Well, you see, That's you've awesome. heard it on Market Overdrive. You get the scoop on like when is the right time to buy, when is the right time to sell, and of course, what are the hot areas that are coming up. So, Lyle, where can we find you? You can find me at, at Tony uh, P's. At Tony, <laughs> occasionally at Tony P's. Tony P's. I think I might have to wear a, a disguise next time I go. I've got to become <laughs> infamous now. Um, no, uh, our office is 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 on uh, is on Ashland Avenue, just north of Fullerton. Um, um, you can find me on the Kale Realty website. My cell phone number, uh, I, well, Danielle gave it out, so I'll give mine out too. 773-354-8309. So thank you so much. This was so much fun. Isn't Isn't it? Pr- you have a YouTube you? channel too, I do have you? a YouTube channel, yes. It's just, just if you just look me up on YouTube, it'll you can see a, a lot of the listings, the really interesting listings that I've had over the, over the years and, and things like that. So yes. Love it. So, so you're glad you're here. You can find him on, what is the YouTube channel? Lyle Harlow. Lyle Harlow. Okay, perfect. Well, lovely. To, and then you guys are matching. I love the tie and, and the, the dress. Oh, we planned that. Yeah. Of course you coordinated. did. Coordinated. <laughs> <laughs> it's lovely. Well, pleasure to have you here. So, Joel, um, I know I was telling you that there's an upcoming uh, building that I have in your neck of the woods because I know you love it. Your Where's my neck of the woods? Wrigleyville. That's right. Right around the corner oh, was from that where a my setup? life is. Yeah, <laughs> oh, my God. You're so wrong. <laughs> Three flat. So, million fifty. Yep. It's a... True, a true, true legal three flat with an unfinished basement. So we're going to be kicking it there, having a cool open house at some point in the upcoming months. So hopefully we can get that sold or maybe you'll buy it. Well, one of the things that, <laughs> especially if you're out there buying right now, when you see these types of properties, you can get in, live in one of the units and have the other two units pay for almost the entire mortgage, especially at that price point right there. You're blocks from Wrigley Field. You're, Such you're, close, close proximity. We, you can see the... The billboards and everything from there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it's a Who really cool puts property. Their face on those. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. I have a property where you can stare at yourself every day as the you wake up. You're like, that hey, place Joel. just went down. <laughs> <laughs> but no, seriously, and that's something to be said about the location, right? Because the location, like Wrigleyville, Lincoln Park, or um, you know, Gold Coast, Old Town, what have you, you're always going to find lower cap rates. But of course, then you can sustain the market. So ups and downs really don't bother these areas because they're always healthy, especially if they're close proximity to like the park or the train so you know who else is healthy is our next guest that's here (laughs) we have somebody in the house that's looking good he looks healthy it is the best tea up how are you today I'm doing great. How are you doing? Tell everybody who you are. It's so amazing. He's not healthy. (laughs) Well, every time I see him, he's like boating and drinking. How is that healthy? (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Was I talking about you or Ken? (laughs) Oh my gosh, we're out of the closet. (laughs) How are you, Ken? By the way, where's that single girl? Did she really give her phone number out? Like, is, yeah. it, is this recorded? Can that we roll happened. that back? Here, you know, we told her to stay put because we're going to do photos after the show. There but I think go. I should All text right. her now and be like, run. Great. Well, then we'll invite her, we'll invite her to the boat party. Then. So, uh... <laughs> Yep. So how's everything going? Things are really good. You come in all the time and give us great things, which is nice because in the city of Chicago, this show isn't just about having the real estate talk. It's it's making sure that we know what is going on. What is the scene, if you will? Well, I love getting the real estate stuff because I I followed the Steve Martin school of (laughs) investing. It was uh, how how do I turn a million in real estate into (laughs) 25,000? That's amazing. (laughs) I I did that in 2007. But now we're uh, we're engaged in all kinds of fun stuff around the city. And it's the boat party weekend. Oh, so it's Ooh. do share. Look at us, Yay. Christmas in July, yes. bikini right? time. Yep, yep. <laughs> so uh, about uh, twenty years ago, a bunch of guys, including the founder of Chicago Scene, Ted Wyden, and a bunch of his buddies, Luke Canellis, and a few other characters, took about fifteen boats and went out and tied them together, and they called it a party. And 
20 years later, it's 500 boats and 10,000 people. It's the largest event on Lake Michigan every year, and it's a great time. Wow, look at that. So are you going to be there, Joe? We'll be out this weekend, the tying up. The weather's finally here in the city of Chicago, and it's just, uh, that's quintessential Chicago scene. For years, even when it wasn't the scene party, it was the scene party, right? Tell us what's going on this year with the scene party. Yeah, so um, this year we've taken it. It's a Chicago scene boat party weekend. And and the objective is, I mean, what I didn't know before I moved to Chicago was there's an amazing waterfront to take advantage of. And I think most, uh, I was a corporate traveler before I became a leisure traveler to Chicago. And I had no idea it was so nice down on the lake. And and once you get out there and you realize it, right. um, it's it's I think an under leveraged and under promoted aspect of the city, right? So that's what I love about Chicago, though, because one side you have all the metro, all the buildings, and it's a beautiful skyline, and then you have the beautiful lake. And the lakefront is just gorgeous, especially on North Avenue, that area, and even up when you get to Edgewater too, it's just gorgeous. If you're a fickle person, Chicago's a great place because there's a different <laughs> experience no matter where you go, right? You yeah, can, you can go neighbor there's to neighbor. So many there's pockets. different character in so each true. little spot, yeah. So, yeah, so, so yeah, it's great. So, uh, and so the boat party's great. It's, you know, celebration of the waterfront. We want to really take this to the next level over the next few years where it's a week long proposition and, and just celebrating all up and down the waterfront. Wow. And, two and one days the, on the boat. Two days. Are you um, spending the night? Um, I'm, I'm not disclosing my whereabouts. <laughs> <laughs> I know people to spend the night. I will be in the general there. proximity <laughs> okay, in some whatever. kind of condition, and that's as far as I'm going. So, if and I wanted to get tickets, where should one there's go? There's no tickets. You okay. get on the boat, you head out, you tie up, and you enjoy oh, the water. Wow. Yep, okay. That's it. Yep. I love that. Yep. Okay. Excellent. Yep. That sounds like fun. Tammy, so, are you going to be there? I'll be there. You're like, I don't know. Why is that a question? Grab a cooler, get a basket, come on on, and then join it, tie the boats. Yep. So there's a couple new places, too, that, uh, you know, there's the boat party out on the water and uh, opening up, I think, this weekend. It depends on all their uh, certifications and uh, inspections and so on. But it looks like Oak Street Beach. Cafe will be oh, opening I love up. That. Nice. Yeah, so you know, Whispers. Where is that, Olivia? Whispers oh. is yeah. what it used to, or Oak Street Beach is what it used to be, and it's Whispers uh, at Oak Street Beach now. So oh, the right. Whispers so group, cool. starting in uh, the Gold Coast at in Mariano Park in front of Gibson's and Tavern on Rush. So now they're opening up a uh, new owner at uh, Oak Street Beach, and it's called Whispers. That's right, Joel. And right. Uh, so that'll be fun. So if you're there, you can see all the boats at the boat party. If you didn't get on one, and then uh, at uh, offshore which is at Navy Pier, they've got a margarita festival this weekend, too. So you'll be able to see it from there. Um, then, of course, between now and the next time we, we meet here, there's Lollapalooza, which is, you know, just the whole city goes <laughs> yes, mad. It's just that crazy. little thing. Yep, it's insane. Yep, yep. <laughs> traffic galore. Well, I mean, we always experience traffic yep. jams and all that. Perry Farrell's project. And uh, so it's, uh, I don't know what year it even is now. It's got to be 20 at least, right? And uh you know, I, I had heard a rumor. I don't know if it's true, and I have to investigate it. About they release dragonflies into the air to get all the flies from all the really? mud. That uh, yeah. So uh, if, if that's if that's true, we're gonna have a dragonfly party at some point. But uh, yeah, and then of course uh, at the Godfrey, uh, good friends uh, Neil Karski, who has Street Samaritans. It's a great charity. Yeah. They have a charitable art event, um, and our own Soli Hijazi is one of the artists that's going to be there, and uh, so that'll be that's Sunday. Uh, so that's a great event and supports a great charity with uh, supporting the homeless. Carla, he always comes in and gives us great things that we can actually get out and do. We know Lollapalooza is coming up, but sometimes can we I don't realize you, I've how quickly... I've never been to Lollapalooza. Oh, well, you're not... <laughs> 
It's all oh. about the side parties, though. It's all about the oh. satellite parties and the little private parties that you don't know about to the last minute that your buddy calls you and says, guess who's here? Right? So if we need to find a place to go for the Lollapalooza weekend and also where to find uh, the best place to park our boats, we contact you. So where do we find you? What are Chicago your, what Scene are your Facebook pages where that? everything comes from. Yeah, that's where we put everything. It's just so easy and, and uh, easy to, to spread out from there. And you guys are on Instagram too, though, right? Yep. Yep. In fact, we have a different Instagram and Facebook account for every single neighborhood. So okay. if, you, if you're in a neighborhood, put your neighborhood's name in front of the word scene. So if you're in River North, River North Scene, and you'll find the neighborhood account of everything that's going on as the insider's guide of that neighborhood. Look so. at you. So awesome. Ken in the scene. We love it. Find him and he will be updating his stories. Now, where's that girl? Hopefully I can. <laughs> <laughs> we got to let Ken get out of here because he's going to go chase somebody down. <laughs> this is a true story, though. I yeah. always kind of have to say, hey, Ken, focus right here. Well, like, oh, wait. Over there. That person. Over that person. That's what happens when you're like cool and hip. Off the meds. Off the, off the meds. <laughs> Thanks for coming in. Thank you for coming in, Ken. Absolutely. I love it. Joel, seriously, there's always stuff to do in Chicago. That's why it's awesome. Awesome to sell it because there's always something to do. When people are just like, what is going on in this neighborhood? I'm like, everything, right? Well, I think you just buried the lead here. You said you've never been to Lollapalooza, oh, no. which is amazing. Why okay? is that amazing? We, well, it's such kid. a Chicago <laughs> thing. And so I've only gone once. And if you go, it's almost, I almost said it. If you go once, you might not go again. <laughs> I feel like I missed that whole like age group. No, like what am I? I mean, I don't know. You're mid-20. You look mid-20s. <laughs> I love you. See, that's when you start. Yeah, that's why I love so much of you. But as you know, every week we have what's going on in the scene because obviously it's very important for us to invite you and have you encourage you to join us so that you can learn about what's going on in these different neighborhoods, what's going on in the scene, as we like to say with Ken Monroe. But right now we have the double G's in the house, <laughs> Greg and Grant. How are you doing, gentlemen? From Let's, as I'm going to say, Goffrey, Joffrey, damn it, I did it wrong God, again. Godfrey. See, the triple G's, <laughs> Greg, Grant, and Joffrey, Goffrey. Nice, nice. Yeah, it doesn't work. I'm, so, I'm terrible at this. How are you? We're doing fantastic. You're We're standing. surviving. Yeah, yeah. Last night was uh, was a great time. We had uh, over 450 people come through the uh, the wit at the Tony P's networking event, so it was a huge success. Uh, the place looked absolutely amazing, and the vibe was just off the chart, incredible. I love that open area. If you have not had an opportunity to stop by at the wit, at the roof uh, at the wit, right? It's yep. so gorgeous. I mean, like the core was very Moroccan, like very, mm-hmm. I loved it. And then you had the open rooftop and then there was another outdoor area. We were in the inside by the bar, but there's so many different locations or areas where you can like eat, you know, celebrate. And it's yeah. so, it's stunning. Definitely a, a little bit of a vibe. Uh, separated into four different rooms uh, as I see it. And yeah, one's just immaculate with a huge screen screen like what you were saying the moroccan vibe or what have you and then uh you got kind of a lounge area and then you got a one area with the fire kind of pit um and then and then you have the outdoor area as well so love it a lot of people are doing that stuff so kudos to you guys with tony um and greg always puts on some amazing events but today i did can i say this did you con grant into celebrating your birthday (laughs) at this event or is this really a godfrey event or because i i need to i need to learn how to do this yeah so i'll I'll give you a little bit of a backstory on that okay because i saw birthday and i'm like hmm so we have been doing um events for the last two years and everybody knows 
knows the Godfrey is the staple for events. Yes. You know, Thank you. any and type of event, business y- event. So if you're looking to host a office party or just a company party, because, you know, as we're exiting the year, here comes fourth quarter. Everybody has a Christmas party. Oh, for sure. And, and July is the time when people start booking them. So oh. uh, Christmas in July refers to more than just uh, <laughs> so celebrating six Grant months of Christmas. In yeah. October, you got, you got to start calling him now. <laughs> By October, we're pretty much sold out for, for um, November, December, and even most of January. Yeah. Oh, yikes. So. <laughs> okay. So, Greg, you put in your time in right on, right, so, right on so, time. So, yeah, we, we planned it out. We said, okay, this is going to be a, a big Tony P event on August 21st at mm-hmm. the Godfrey, and it does happen to be my birthday. I might have had a little <laughs> little pull in that. Um, it just makes it extra special. I knew it. Special. Did you read that, <laughs> Did you catch that? Because I was like, hmm, I didn't that's know very strategic. His, I didn't know it was his birthday, but I know that when you go to Godfrey, you always have a good time. Tell us what <laughs> kind of differentiates yourself from the different venues that are out there. Sure. So um, when we opened, there weren't a ton of rooftop venues in the city. Uh, the Wit was one of them, but um, we were one of the first. We were certainly the first in River North. Um, we were until uh, Offshore opened the largest in, in Chicago. We're 15,000 square feet. Um, I think uh, there, there's a couple things that make uh, Godfrey unique. The, the first one um, is definitely the staff. Um, the staff that we have with us, uh, the majority of them have been with us from from day one. Um, they're well known in the industry. They know they know everybody in the city and everybody in the city loves them and comes to visit them because of uh, how friendly and outgoing they are. And they, they introduce uh, people to people they haven't met yet. And um, so people meet new friends there because of our, our friendly staff introducing people. Um, the other thing is the versatility of the space. Um, it's it's very large. Um, there are seven, seven distinct zones that can be uh, portioned off for events. So we can do um, at um, we can do seven events. We can do 17 events. Sometimes we can subdivide the, the space even further than that. So, um, it has a, a, a very unique identity in its ability to, to cater to, um, everybody for, for any type of, any type of function. So, um, uh, the, the furniture, <laughs> we, we, we like to say that we're, um, we, we could have a second career as our rapid home stagers because our ability to transform the room in a short amount of time, um, uh, to, to cater to an event is, is pretty remarkable. And I, I, again, that goes, that ties back to the staff, the, the remarkable staff that we have. Tell us a little yeah. bit about that rooftop. What is going on in the rooftop? You get to use it all year long. All year long. Um, it's a, a fully retractable glass uh, uh, rooftop that covers uh, the majority of the space. We do have um, a fully outdoor terrace that um, until about three years ago, we kind of um, stopped using in the winter. But um, we were able to find these uh garden igloos they're they're called um so we we created a winter wonderland on our outdoor portico and we transformed a, a dead space in the winter into a, a a huge revenue driver for us and a and a, a a huge hit with the with the city um and you know uh imitation is a sincerest form of flattery there are a lot of people trying to copy our winter wonderland every year so we have to stay stay ahead of the pack and and, and as an innovation but um yeah uh, i try to copy joel's attire all the time i mean like look <laughs> i should be wearing that today well, <laughs> next one, week one of the cool things i think you've probably had to have that igloo out maybe you moved it out a little bit too early because of all the rain wouldn't that have been a great thing to have on the rooftop there for the last couple of months when that rain was coming down your space is amazing it would have been yeah <laughs> yeah i I mean, fortunately, we have the retractable roof, and we have a we have a, a gorgeous and uh, um, 
very very posh indoor lounge as well. So there's, um, like I said, seventy five percent of the space is is fully ready to go, fully insulated, fully climate controlled. Um, but Grant, that's year. exactly what I was trying to ask you about those weird igloos. I mean, they're so okay. cool because they're like floating, and you, mm-hmm. I love them. They make for great Insta stories. <laughs> yeah, it, um, yeah. I mean, a lot a lot of um, what uh, food and beverage venues do now um, takes in- Instagram into account, obviously, um, because people, um, you know, people sharing sharing your content, your food, your beverage, your your environment is is what um, helps you promote um, even sometimes more than email blasts and uh, your own social media marketing. Sometimes it's getting people to post um, for you. But yeah, the igloos are are this great thing that that we found and we um, we activate it. And every year we kind of add to it, like um, like like a guy who's really proud of his yard for for the holidays, yep. and he keeps adding to it every year. And <laughs> and it's it's really crazy now. And um, we. Uh, we 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 cornered in, or we we cracked the code of what we're going to do this year, and it's going to be really remarkable. And, and I'll just say that igloos are not all. So all I can say <laughs> is there's always something going on at your place. There is true stories, sad, scary, Carly Carla moments. Someone gave me <laughs> tickets to go to this event, and because I'm on autopilot, I'm like Sarah, let's go. And Sarah's like, actually, it was Sarah's idea. Let's go to this party because we're I'm meeting a client there, and he gave me tickets, and we're going to meet up there. Client never showed up, and we're waiting for the client. Like, okay, where's your client? We're supposed to entertain the client, and we were at Godfrey, and we were at this networking event, and we thought it, I think it, we thought it actually was a Tony P event. <laughs> um, it turns out that it was like a golf convention, <laughs> and I was like, well, sure, in the meantime, sure. and it was a private event. So- it was a Tuesday then. No, I'm <laughs> Seriously, it was like a crazy Wednesday night or something or a Tuesday night. And we're like, oh, we're going to eat the burgers. We eat the hot dogs. Yeah. And I remember getting the food. And the guy's like, hey, how do you enjoy the food? I'm like, oh, yeah, this is great, right? So I'm like, whatever. Don't talk to me. I'm here to talk to this specific person. He's like, yeah, so this is my event. I'm like the CEO of whatever company. And I'm like, oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> is this a private event? And we're looking at the tickets. We're like, to the event? Uh-oh. <laughs> it was a terrible Carla Mina moment. But yes, there's always something going on there. And it's a great place to network for sure. Absolutely. Where can we get more information? How can we get in there? Yeah. Get us on the list. Absolutely. So the best way to find out what's happening with the, with the event is to text three zero five zero zero, just text events any given time. And you get a rundown of all the awesome networking events happening in Chicago, more specifically for this uh, particular event at the Godfrey on August 21st. If you want to come help me bring in my birthday, would love to have you. Um, you can just go to the Tony P's networking uh, page and all of our information is there and you can get your ticket there. And while we're in the topic of promoting events, I want to cordially invite you to come out August 25th. We're going to be at Gibson's Italia for Brunch for a Cause, again, in support of our friends from St. Jude. This year, I created an idea, which was amazing, said, hey, you know what? Mm, Why don't we just raise $20,000 in one day? (laughs) So I've aligned myself with the great, amazing people that are hopefully coming and supporting and buying tickets. Seriously, the menu Gibson's Italia has gone above and beyond with, with, with respects to the menu. Caviar, uh, bottomless mimosas, um, and Bloody Marys. And you should see the menu. It is amazing. $75 per person. And it's from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. August 25th, Sunday brunch. Uh, so remember to come out and brush, brunch for a cost, we called it. Nice. Uh, Joel, do you have any events you want to plug? No, that's a really good thing that you were talking about coming up. There's so many different things that are around the city. I don't have anything this week that's specific. There's so many other things going around. Next week, I'll come back with some things that'll be great for the agenda. There you go. And it's always a pleasure to share uh, time with you. Are you giving away your number, Grant, or we're keeping uh- that... <laughs> Not giving away my number, but uh, you, you can you can keep tabs on all of our um, all of our events at iogodfrey.com. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. So 
And it's always a pleasure to collaborate with you, Greg. Again, Absolutely. follow you on Tony P events, and that's how we get uh, to know what's going on in the scene, huh? Absolutely. And we also got an Instagram page, Tony P's Network at Events, so you can follow us there as well. Love it. Thank you so much, gentlemen, for sharing today with us and sharing all the information. Jill, it's busy, busy. I mean, we got to balance work and going out to support our colleagues. Um, How do you make time for everything? I feel like I need 25 hours in the day. It seems like every single week we're growing and doing more things. And it's about actually uh, putting priorities and actually just scheduling things so that you can grow in your business. And if you uh, put some time to do each of the things that are kind of important to you, you'll kind of grow as a person. I love it. And it's true. I mean, we see you on the boat, obviously, and I like to make fun of you. But I know that you're entertaining realtors and you're out there giving back. You do with, was it pause that you did just recently or... We're on the board of directors for Real Estate to the Rescue, so we raised several thousands of dollars. Uh, we Just so much that was given back to the no-kill animal shelters. And if you find something that you're passionate about that you can give money back to, it makes the work that we're doing uh, so much more valuable. Love it, love it. And of course, Tammy, you're also coaching. You're coaching uh, realtors and you're inspiring people to do what they do best and balance life with business. Um, how do you do that? <laughs> How do, How do you it? make time? I wish it was a really quick, easy answer. She to that. called me today. She's like, you know, we need to strategically talk and say where are we going to be because I can't be everywhere. <laughs> it's, but it's true, and you can't either. None of us can. True. Um, I'm all about you know talking about efficiencies of time, especially when I'm working in women empowerment platforms um, or coaching at brokerages here in Chicago. Um, part of the message is always going to be the same about efficiency of time because it's important where we put our time and money and energies. Um, so one thing to always take into consideration. Love it. And we are the Moss Squad. We're here to elevate your real estate IQ. I hope you found this information, not just, you know, instructional, but you can actually apply it. And again, this is information from people that are transacting and we are living this day to day. So when it comes to investing, whether it is flipping, when it is buying, when it is just thinking about, you know, stop renting or maybe just finding a leasing, you know, a lease or learning how to manage property. I hope you learned something. And if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm at Carla at MarketOverdrive.com. And it's always a pleasure to hang out with you. Thank you, Tammy. Thank you, Joel. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend because the weekend starts today. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, everyone. See you next week or two in two weeks, right? Or no, we're coming the 8th this time, the 15th. The 15th. August 15th. August 15th. Thank you.